The things that he says about her are that she was smart, that she was good with a knife, and that she saved his life. Why? What are three other things about her? <laughs> uh, like, how did she save your life? Well, she probably killed a grounder yeah. for him. With a knife, with I assume. Knife. Because she's smart. Mm. We put it all together with just those three information <laughs> points. Nailed it. Hello and welcome to Our The Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, when's the last time you voted? And I definitely voted within the last year, um, because there was a, uh, provincial election in British Columbia this mm-hmm. this past piece of 12 months. Yeah. If I were to go two years, then we also had a federal election as well. Yeah. Um, but the most recent time I voted was I voted in the provincial election, um, and I voted NDP. <laughs> Do you want to tell our American listeners what that means? Sure. So basically, um, you know, growing up, I always thought it's either conservative or liberal, and, like, one of them is leftist and one of them is, in the like, is rightist. <laughs> That's... <laughs> So conservative is closer to the Republican Party and Mm -hmm. uh, liberal is closer to the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. But as you grow up and you become a person who researches and learns things, Uh we also have several other parties. The biggest one being the NDP party, which means the New Democratic Party. And um, you kind of learn that instead of like the conservatives being more rightist and the liberals being leftists, what's closest is... Actually, that the conservatives are rightist and the liberals are centrist, mm-hmm. are really close to being centrist, maybe just on the side of leftist, closer to, to the leftist side. And the NDPs are the ones who are like all the way at the, at the, who are actually, are, are actually leftist. Yeah. And I just would trust Jugmeet Singh with my life and I'd like to, <laughs> but alas. <laughs> yeah. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. You can find my words at TilltaleTV.com. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Last time I voted was in, in the big one. Mm-hmm. Or America. Yeah. I voted remotely, because you can do that. And I voted for Biden, and... You helped make it happen! It was the best option at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just vote for the best option. Yeah. You know... I am so proud of you <laughs> for being a part. Like, now you get to be like, I was a part yeah. of, listen, not completely saving America, <laughs> but a little bit. But, like, making it less less shitty. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I've voted in every election since I turned 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've also voted uh, whenever I possibly could as well. So if you are important. Eight, if you're 18, get registered to vote. Mm-hmm. Give it a goog. <laughs> so true. Today we have words to say about episode 304 of The 100, Watch the Thrones. This episode will contain spoilers for all seven seasons of The 100, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yep, once again, Robin has shade head of thoughts. Robin is a shade head of simp. I'm like more offended that you said that <laughs> than if you had said I was a shade head of stan, you know? <laughs> Which I'm not in either respect. You're not, you're not. Oh. I, I just like being a dick. <laughs> when I was like, we were rewatching the episode yesterday. And Sam was like, why do you have so much to say about freaking Shade Hedda? And I was like, it's because it's one of the only pieces of, like, lore and, like, important things that they've talked about that, like, comes comes back, back and, like, is part of what we're talking about now. 
So that's why I keep talking about Shane Hedda because it's the only thing that like they really brought back that's like really important to like all of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The episode title was named after the Kanye West and Jay-Z album, Watch the Throne. So there you go. And I also have a thing that I wanted to mention. I didn't realize that was uh, where the title came from. Yeah. Did I mention my Titus thoughts? I don't think I did. I don't think I've done that yet. Because I we were talked a lot about Titus last episode. Mm-hmm. And when I was re-listening to the episode because I always after it goes out I listen to it again to make sure that I didn't edit anything badly and have to re-edit it and I was thinking more about Titus (laughs) and I realized that Titus watched his teacher if 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 what we made up about Titus last episode is correct Mm -hmm. Titus watched like his teacher his Seda kill his commander right so like because we learned that Shade Hedda's flame keeper was the one who killed him Mm-hmm. And so we made up that Titus was like the guy right under that flamekeeper. So he watched that flamekeeper kill Shade Hedda, kill his commander. Titus ends up accidentally also killing his commander mm-hmm. in Lexa, which I wonder if that's like, I think that part of the reason why he kills himself later this season is because of like great shame. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder if that's exactly what his teacher did or something. If like, like part of the tradition or something, like, like part a, of the rules that if a flamekeeper were to like, if you betray, fail. yeah, like fail or betray their commander, mm-hmm. that like, that's part of it that like you lose your life because you like lost your honor or something. So yeah, I thought of that after we had recorded um, last episode. And so I wanted to mention that. Yeah. So we split up this episode into three storylines. Originally, I just had it as Polis and Arcadia, but then we were watching uh, yesterday and we were like, actually, you know what? The jaunty stuff can pretty much be taken out mm-hmm. and uh, like taken out and separately. We decided, weirdly enough, to do Polis first. And that was kind of your thing. Why Why did you choose to do that? Or why did you want to do that? Well, we were, I thought we were doing jaunty. I thought we were doing we Polis and oh. then jaunty and then. Oh, well, um, mostly because uh, not as much happens in the Polis storyline. Like, a it, lot of it's the fight. A lot of it is the fight and, like, just the build-up to the fight. And, like, just re-watching it, the Arcadia storyline is just bigger. And, yeah. like, it flows. We could have done Jaunty, which is the smallest, and then Polis and then Arcadia. But that doesn't flow as good, yeah. I think. <laughs> anyway, we've decided to do Polis first. Uh, and I did the summary for that. At the sentencing of the Ice Queen, Naya attempts to unseat Lexa with a unanimous vote from the ambassadors. They don't recognize Sky Crew, so it doesn't matter how Clark feels. Titus says that they took the brand yesterday, so it's not unanimous. Naya challenges Lexa to solo gameplay and chooses Roan as her champion. Lexa decides that she will fight for herself. Later, she speaks to the novitiates about becoming commander. Lexa introduces Clark to Aiden, who promises to protect Sky Crew if he becomes commander. This doesn't make Clark feel better. <laughs> Lexa has faith in her fighting skills, but Clark has seen Roan fight. Clark refuses to accept that Lexa might die today. While walking through Polis, Naya reminds Roan to fight smart. She tells him that his people will love him. Roan knows that this isn't for him, it's for Asgeta. After she leaves, he sees Clark watching him. Clark wants him to kill his mother and become the king. Roan can't do it, but he can help make it happen another way. Clark visits Queen Naya while she eats. Clark offers to change her vote to keep Lexa alive. She cuts her hand and offers it to Naya. She wipes the blade on her shirt and Naya almost cuts her hand as well. Antari, who's been chilling in the corner, stops her and notices the poison. Naya's pissed and she reveals to Clark that Antari is also an eyeplant and she's totally gonna destroy Aiden and all the other novitiates and totally take Lexa's place. Clark goes to Titus and Lexa with this. They now understand the motivations of Asgeta. Lexa still refuses to choose a champion even if it's playing into what Naya wants. Clark is upset about it, which is basically just Clark the whole time. At the fight, Lexa and Roan are pretty evenly matched. 
Ultimately, Lexa is able to kill Rowan with a spear and chooses to kill Naya instead, making Rowan the king of Asgeta. That night, Lexa comes to see Clark. Clark changes her hand bandage and they discuss Antari and how Lexa will move forward as commander, except it all has a little sexy undertone. <laughs> and that's that storyline. That's that. So basically, it starts with this uh, trial in which they're like, okay, everybody, let's all be mad at Ice Nation. And so they bring in the queen. How... How did they get her here? Did she... I'm thinking that she had to have turned herself in. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have... She wouldn't be stupid enough to just be found in the woods outside Polis. Yeah. I think Titus says something like um, she has confessed to whatever. So yeah. that makes sense to me. And Rowan is also a prisoner right now. Like, excuse me, it wasn't me. I had yeah. nothing to do with anything. And I hate... Like, you know, Kane later says like, hey, we were collateral damage in someone else's war. And Rowan's like, hello, also <laughs> Bro, me. me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she's confessed for Mount Weather, which left 49 Sky Crew dead. Clark says Sky Crew wants justice. And Naya's like, who even is this? Who cares what they think <laughs> they just got here? We don't know you. We don't care about mm-hmm. you. You're not valid. You don't know anything about our traditions. Go away. Yeah. And so Titus says that the punishment is death. And Naya tries to call for a vote of no confidence against Lexa. And like several people agree, including one man that sounds like he has a nasty cold. Um, every time I hear him, I'm like, no head and no mo. Like that's exactly how he sounds to me. Which it seems to me, and I, okay, yeah, I wrote this down. Lexa made this law herself. She specifically was like, and if I do a bad job, everyone's allowed to unanimously vote me out if they want to, you know, yeah, because and she's it's like trying to be de- democratic. And it's a good law to have, like, in the future as well, like, going forward, because, like, you want to be able to keep your leaders accountable Mm -hmm. and not just, like, be under a fascist autocracy. Yeah, and not to be a, (laughs) not to be a shade ahead of simp or anything, but he's, like, the only other commander that we know of other than Becca, who apparently Mm -hmm. wasn't even commander, actually. For, like, two seconds. Which was annoying. So, so Shadehead is kind of the only thing that we can, that we have, like, the only evidence that we kind of have to this. So it makes sense to me that, like, um, Lexa would be like, hey, maybe, like, citing Shadehead as uh, an example of Mm -hmm. why we should do this. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm calling for a vote of no confidence. And Lexa's like, not about me! She's like, about other people! Damn it! But, like, I I really respect that Lexa doesn't choose anyone else to fight for her mm-hmm. because like it kind of would undermine her power. Like even if it even if her power was not in question like because of Clark or whatever, which, you know, thanks for being a homophobe Titus. Yeah. Even like even then, I would still be more impressed with her that she chose to fight herself. Yeah. And I think later she, because you were talking about how Clark has seen Rowan fight, but she hasn't seen Lexa fight. Right. Like, she doesn't know that she's perfectly capable of holding her own against him. And, like, she also doesn't know, like, how she became commander yet. Like, she doesn't mm-hmm. know the story of, like, how the, the conclave, conclave yeah. works. So she doesn't know she's had to, like, fight for her life, literally her and like, up until becoming commander. Right, and if she did, it's just against a bunch of kids. (laughs) (laughs) My other notes from this scene are, Lexa looks great. Yeah, she's literally like, well, you think I wear all these fancy outfits and everything for show? Right. I've earned these fancy, cool fighting outfits. (laughs) Exactly. And then, I just, I, Titus speaks over Lexa frequently this season, Mm -hmm. which I think is a a pointed thing, because he's, like, trying to control how she rules a lot, and it's all, it it also comes off as very homophobic in the parts that are about Clark, but just, like, I feel like there's an extent to which she prefers him to speak, because, like, she's, like, she's the commander, and so she shouldn't even have to, like, raise a finger, but there's also a part where it edges into him speaking his own opinions over hers, Mm -hmm. instead of just letting her talk. 
And I'm like, kick him out the window next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah literally, so Titus is like, okay, all of you are getting killed. <laughs> yeah. I'm angry with all of you now. Um, But Lex is going to allow this. And they're like, under what circumstances are you even voting her out? Really? Like, what did she do wrong? You're just scared of Asgeta. And that's the only reason why you're doing this because yeah. she hasn't done anything. So they need a unanimous vote or like, or death to get rid of the commander. So so either she dies, which is how it's always up, happened up to now. And mm-hmm. then Lexa said, or you can have a unanimous vote with all the ambassadors. Um, and Clark's like, um, excuse me, I'm not voting that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you don't matter. <laughs> uh, he brings up the brand and yeah, Titus wants them all killed. But Naya knows that Lexa won't do anything because then it, everybody's armies would be mad. Yeah. Lexa knows that Naya just wants to get rid of her. So she, so Naya does the challenge because Lexa knows exactly what she's trying mm-hmm. to do. She says, challenge me then. So she challenges her. Lexa accepts. It's a solo fight to the death, which is called solo gone play. And Naya chooses Roan, who clearly was Roan's not consulted like, on this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't. Okay, I haven't been home in so many years. And he's just like, all right, guess I'll fucking die. Like Clark hasn't seen Lexa fight but Roan probably has. Yeah. And so he doesn't feel great about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so Lexa chooses to fight for herself. And, you know, just like Titus says later, her strength is being questioned. Being questioned. And Nias isn't, which is why. Um, I also think that it's like kind of a weak, a weak grounds for a coup, mm-hmm. to be honest. Because like, in my opinion, Clark taking down the mountain does not come off as a big insult to Lexa's power but I guess maybe that's just my opinion because Lexa did what was necessary to save all the grounders like she didn't leave grounders behind why would I'm just I'm just wondering why people are so mad that she let that Clark did it and Lexa didn't I think that Naya is just literally just grappling on to literally whatever she possibly can mm-hmm. to try because she just doesn't like Lexa she wants Lexa to either die or go down because she believes that Ontari is finally ready maybe mm-hmm. like they've trained with Ontari well, enough she, she also she wants to be in charge yeah and she hates Sky Crew mm-hmm. and thinks they should be wiped out. But, like, if but Antari also, is like, commander, she's in her ear. You know, like, uh, um, Naya's in Antari's ear. And so oh, yeah, anything yeah, yeah. that Naya wants, exactly. she gets with Antari being commander. Exactly. I think that this is partially because she hates Lexa, because Lexa, like, goes against her all the time and, like, doesn't mm-hmm. have Asgeta's best interests at heart or whatever. Um, and then partially because she wants Antari to be commander. Yeah. I just, I just wish they had, like, fleshed out more what the actual conflict was here like what the the reason that Asgeta feels slighted by so much by Alexa's rule because she's literally just built a coalition of all the people like she's not actively doing things that harm ice nation like I don't on the surface great Mm -hmm. if I start looking at it I'm like why are you actually fighting yeah so Lex is teaching the novitiates. Um, they talk about the three pillars of being a commander, which is wisdom, compassion, and strength. Mm-hmm. Um, Shade Hedda said, extra strength, get rid of the compassion. Oh, fully. Yeah. So Clark asks Titus if he's talked her out of fighting. Um, he's like, no, but you should try. Titus hates that they're on the same team right now. He and Clark are like hanging out yeah. and both agree with something. Yeah. If Naya isn't fighting, why does she have to? Because people are doubting Lex's strength. And Titus says that's Clark's fault. I think that he can see the sort of same pattern coming with uh, Lexa when she fell in love with Kostya. Mm-hmm. But I think he's really aggravated in how different 
Kostya or Clark probably is from Kostya because like we don't know anything about Kostya. So she was probably from Tree Crew and she was probably like very soft and not like a fighter and a warrior like Clark is just based on my assumptions. So he's not used to, he's already upset with her like having a weakness at all. And then he's probably even more upset that said weakness talks back to him. Right. And uh, like doesn't just leave because he says to. Uh, yes, it says on the 100 wiki that Kostya was from Tree Crew. Mm-hmm. I don't think it says anything else much about like who she was as a person, but yeah. yeah. Like, we don't know much of anything about her, just Mm -mm. except how she died. But I just feel like there was a lot more, like, she wasn't a problem until they used her against uh, Lexa. And he feels responsible for preventing her from being with anyone ever again, so that doesn't happen to her again. Mm -hmm. And Clark just does what she wants. And he doesn't know how to respond to that because he can't control her. Yeah, on the 100 wiki, it says, as of season seven, she's one of nine known LGBTQ characters on, uh, why did I think there were more than that? I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, but I'm sitting over here like, how'd you get to nine? Says, so Kostya, Mm -hmm. Clark, Lexa, Nyla, Miller, Brian, Jackson, and then Zev and Daniel Lee from season six. I guess. And that's nine. When four of them are like, like fourth level of low, like beyond tertiary. Yeah, exactly. It says her status as Lex's deceased lover makes her one of the first LGBTQ characters in the hundred canon. That's true. She's already dead. Yeah. They really, they started out with barrier games. It also says she may have been named after Anacostia in Washington, DC. That makes sense. Yeah. What is that? Lex is named after Alexandria. It's a city or a. I thought, oh, a neighborhood. I was like, I thought Washington, D.C. was the city. It's a neighborhood. So Lexa starts talking to the novitiates, saying that they are all worthy of their blood. And so they all leave. And Lexa asks Aiden to stay. She introduces him as the most promising. And he will probably be my successor if I die today. And Clark's like, every time you say that, it makes me upset. (laughs) Aiden promises to be loyal to Sky Crew. And Lexa's like, see, it's all good. And Clark's like, I'm not worried for my people. I'm worried about you, like, you stupid idiot. And Clark's just like, are you planning to die today? Because yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I wish like at the end, like at that cute moment where she's like, do you talk about anything other than your death? I wish Lexa, instead of just being like, haha, and then just like smiling, would have been like, no. <laughs> I like that it's so <laughs> She's like, so not all- I'm not worried about for my people. I, I mean, I am worried for my people, but, like, that's not my main concern. My main concern is that you, you are because going I to care die. about you. Um, also, you're telling me that our fate is just with some kid? That's great. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, she has no idea about the flame and, like, the yeah. whole, like, consciousness thing. Mm-hmm. Lexa says that Indra is gathering an army to protect Sky Crew. Clark says that she can't beat Roan. Um, she's like, well, you haven't seen me fight. And she's like, yeah, but I've seen Roan fight. And, like, yikes. But, like, it's really kind of underestimating yeah, the what Lex is capable of, but also I understand the like fear of her just straight up dying because yeah. she's pretty scary. And I mean, even the most powerful fighter like can still be like taken down by somebody who has less, just like based on like luck, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, well then, accept that I'll die today. And Clark's like, no, I won't be doing that. No. So Naya and Roan are walking through Polis, and we've got like in the back, we've got like this old bank with like the Grecian pillars, or is that supposed to be like that's not like the Lincoln Memorial? Does it say right? that it's a bank? I I can't remember. I oh. maybe, did I think it just looked like a bank, or was it actually? It could be. There are a lot of parts of DC that are literally yeah full of. 
Grecian pillars. I definitely wrote these notes like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I just rewatched the episode and then like to remind myself what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it says bank. It's interesting I think I just... that they're kind of just like broken up too. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think it says bank. I, think I, I don't think we're, up. I don't think we're close enough to be Washington Monument or the... And like, don't they the go Lincoln Memorial? But don't Octavia no, and Lincoln go to do. the Lincoln Memorial? Like they season do. one, they do. Yeah, yeah. So it's because not. he's like, I was named for this guy, and you're like, oh, I get it, because you like peace, also. <laughs> yeah, because it. Yeah, so it's definitely not the Lincoln Memorial, but a lot of DC and like that whole area of architecture is like that. Mm-hmm. So Naya reminds Roan to practice, and he's like, I can't practice. I'm in handcuffs. <laughs> Um, she's like, well, sometimes you're overconfident, and so I just want you to practice or whatever. She's like, are you mad that I picked you without asking and <laughs> that you might die? I don't care. <laughs> be better. <laughs> I mean, I would be. Like, either I die or I kill the commander, and then people are mad at me. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Rowan is definitely upset with her. Yeah. But um, I don't think she cares whether no. he's upset with right. her or not. Um, and she's like, well, when you win, your banishment will be over, so that's good. He's like, I guess. And she's like, this is not what I wanted for my day. I really like, um, you know, the costume designers have talked a lot about how they like try and just use like garbage <laughs> sometimes like on the, you know, things that they would have made clothes out of. Like that one guy, like my my favorite guy, license plate, license guy. plate guy. His name's Seiku, by the way, I remember. And so I like that she has like these carabiners just like on her yeah. person. And that's really cool. I think I'm like, uh, they would be still be useful after an apocalypse, I believe. Yeah. So she's like, our po- people will be really powerful and everyone will love you. And he's like, stop pretending this is for me. Right. And she's like, okay, fine. It's for Asgard. But it also is good for you. (laughs) So he gets unshackled. And so she's like, okay, don't fight for me because I know that you hate me. Fight for Asgard. And I'm like, is this a good reason to fight? Because Asgard like pushed him out. And I know that was like mainly Naya's like fault. Yeah. But like if I was Rowan, I'd be like, I don't really feel very patriotic to Asgard right now, to be honest. Yeah. Like he was banished from his home for how many years or yeah. whatever? So she's like, okay, well, I want Lexa dead, so, like, make it happen. So she leaves, um, and Roan already knows that Clark is watching him. I wonder if he, like, clocked that she was watching, like, a couple minutes ago, even, maybe. Mm-hmm. Clark says that she knows that he's innocent about the whole Mount Weather thing, mm-hmm. um, and... I guess no one still knows how she got, like, that knife that she held up to Lexa. Because I guess Lexa probably just didn't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she didn't. Because, like, they they would have pressured her to, like, lock Clark up. Right. Like, for real. She wants Naya dead so that he'll become the king and he seems pretty into it. And so Clark's like, your mom doesn't care about you. Like, all you do want... All you want is to go home. And he's mm-hmm. like, I will after I kill Lexa. Ha ha. <laughs> um, and he's like, listen, I do prefer your plan. I would fully prefer my mom to die. But I can't let her know that. Like, I can't let anybody know. <laughs> Naya's just going to find another reason to get rid of Roan and, like, bring him back to do more of her bidding. And he's like, I, I'm listening, but, like, I can't. Like, my people would be really mad at me. It would be really bad. It which is why, bad. Which is why it works out that Lexa is the one who kills her. Like, it totally mm-hmm. ends up working out that way. And he's like, hey, it can't be me, but it could be you. And so once again, Roan's basically just giving her the help action to kill people in power. Yeah. Which this is twice now that this has happened. <laughs> I also wrote down, I want, like, I wonder if Roan maybe throws the fight a little because mm-hmm. he hates his mom. But then I'm also, re- like, rewatching the actual fight part. I was like, no, he was putting in the work. Yeah, because, like, I, d- I don't think he's the type of person to be like, I don't want my mom to win so bad that I'm willing to die. Yeah. So later, Naya's eating. Antari is like her personal assistant or something because 
I, I guess Naya just, like, wants her to be so brainwashed into whatever Naya wants. Well, she's, wants. like, fully grooming her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Clark comes to see her. Um, Clark says that if Lexa doesn't have to fight, then she'll change her vote. So, that way, Lexa isn't the commander, but at least she's alive. Yeah. Um, which is exactly, like, what the the goal was for, for Lexa when making that law. It's like, we don't have to kill the commander if we don't want it to be it. Uh, if they don't want, if we don't want them to be the commander anymore. But also, do we know if you, I guess, I guess we do know that it's fine if, like, someone puts in the flame and then we take it back out again, they can, like, they live, right? Because Clark did it. Yeah, well, the whole thing is that the whole reason that Jason wrote Lexa dying was because he decided that it wouldn't be. Mm. And then he changed his mind and had Clark do it and she's completely fine. So it was like, there was no point. Yeah, I would say that like from a narrative perspective, I was like, okay, it makes sense because we've never done it before, right? It's like Mm -hmm. never happened in the history of the flame that has ever been taken out of somebody who's alive. So like, we wouldn't know if it was allowed or not, which like gives us like the stakes of like, if Clark is going to survive or whatever. Yeah. But like, you're right. Like then, then why not just do it with Lexa? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because Jason thought it would be a big dramatic reveal to have her have it only be revealed when she's dead right like it is a dramatic reveal but it also sucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you like re you like undo it later yeah so it didn't need to happen so all naya really wants is a conclave so that ontario will like obviously win because she's just like fighting a bunch of kids Mm -hmm. naya promises to save sky crew because lex is the one who's like in trouble not clark like she's not really that mad at clark yeah and Clark, Clark also still doesn't know what it takes to become commander. Like, she still doesn't know that these people are all going to fight to the death. Right, exactly. Um, so she doesn't know what, how much of a specific threat Antari is. Right. And so Naya's suspicious that Clark wants revenge for Mount Weather, um, but Clark says that she is more worried about those that are still alive. Which and makes like, sense, especially for Clark. Yeah, but also the, those who are still alive are going to be upset about <laughs> are upset yeah. about Mount Weather, and I know that They're, to be true. Uh, I, I think there are some words about that in yeah. our other storyline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Clark cuts her hand because uh, she like knows their oath. Are, should you not be suspicious of how she learned that? She learned it from Roan. <laughs> <laughs> so she wipes it on her sleeve, which has poison on it. And Naya almost does it, but then Antari stops her and, like, smells the poison. I hate when people cut their hands open. It's gonna be so hard to keep that clean, especially in this, like, post-apocalyptic world. Like, having a cut just on my finger is really upsetting and annoying Mm -hmm. for me. So I can't imagine having a cut down your full-on hand. Yeah. It's gonna get so dirty and infected. Mm -hmm. And so many- they do it so much. Yeah. So Naya's like, well, never mind, we're enemies now. So she cuts on Tari's hand because everyone needs to have hurt hands, right, Lexa, later? Yeah. Also, how can you smell poison? Also, like, shouldn't Lexa also bandage Clark's hand? Right, exactly. I guess Lexa's probably went, like, a lot deeper, though. Yeah. Because she's fully just holding a sword. Yeah. So she pours on Tari's blood on her face. And if, like, it, like, well, she, like, wipes off the sword and then cuts on Tari's hand. If I'm on Tari, I'm like, even if you wiped off that poison, I don't want you cutting my hand with this. Like, could you go wash it first? Yeah. Rinse it off, maybe. Um, and so she basically says, hey, tell Lexa that I have a nightblood and that she's going to win and haha. So that's that. Yeah. So Clark goes straight to Lexa with this. And now Titus understands everything that Nia's been doing. And Clark's like, I've never seen blood like that before. And I was like, what? Yes, you have, of course. And then I realized this is the introduction of nightblood. Yeah. Nightblood is so important 
through the rest the of the entire show. rest of the show that like it i was like it didn't occur to me that like we just straight up hadn't heard about nightblood until uh until season three yeah and like clark doesn't really see lexa bleed even in the um when they get attacked by the ape it's just episode. weird that um like we are gonna finish podcasting about season three mm-hmm. and then we just like don't talk about nightblood ever again <laughs> yeah <laughs> I uh I wrote down in my notes I was like the beginning of the Nightblood plot like is really really cool and like there are cool elements that like continue through the whole series but the concept of the conclaves um is still terrible. Yeah. Like that's a terrible way to ensure that you're going to keep having commanders if you just keep killing all of the people who have Nightblood before they can reproduce. Well they're like it's not supposed to be hereditary. It's supposed to be about like your power and you're supposed to be like a chosen one. And I'm like who at the top? This is why the 100 pre- prequel cannot exist. Because who at yeah. the top decided this? Yeah, right. And, and why are you so stupid? Mm-hmm. Because, like, Callie would not have decided no. this because she's smart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they say that you're supposed to bring the Nightblood kids, like, here to be trained. But I guess they just didn't with Ontari and they, like, hid her away. And he's like, it's okay, you can still choose a champion. But she refuses to do so. Mm-hmm. Clark agrees with Titus, but Lexa still thinks that she can win. And basically she's like, thanks for trying to fix everything, Clark. But, like, you can't. Yeah. This is very, like, Clark is very similar to Jack Shepard from Lost in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. He's a doctor. She's the leader. She's always, like, forced to make decisions. Yeah. And she has to fix everything. Mm-hmm. That's, like, like, Jack has a lot of, like, themes. Like, each character on Lost has, like, a theme that they really, like, have to stick to. Mm-hmm. And, or, like, you know, basically, like, their baggage. Yeah. And they have to try and work through that thing. And Jax is letting go and fixing things. He has to, he feels like he has to fix things all the time. And so this is, like, such a textual moment of them being, like, this show has elements of Lost, and you can <laughs> tell that Clark is supposed to be Jack in a lot of ways. Yeah, and... And Clark feels like she has to fix everything all the time because of, like, the times which she couldn't fix everything. Right. And it went poorly. So she says she refuses to let Lexa die. And I gotta say, and I'm sorry, but this is the same conversation over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it really is. with Clark and Lexa in this episode is just the same conversation over and over again. I can't let you die. You have to. Well, I can't. Okay. <laughs> it just keeps happening. Yeah. Um. So then Titus calls for her because it's time for the fight. And she's like, okay, goodbye for now. And Clark's just like, what do I do now? <laughs> What's going to happen? Okay, so it's fighting time. Lexa's Woo! wearing her like classic war makeup. And you have thoughts on her fighting outfit? Um, I really like her fighting outfit. I like that the shirt is so long. It kind of looks like a skirt. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a cool little flourish to remind you that like she can be feminine. And it's kind of like um, a little like a cute little like tunic type situation. Yeah, you know? but the like armor piece that she puts on over it has like really weird boob cutouts Mm -hmm. and like aesthetically it looks cool and gay but do y'all think that her titty is enough protection (laughs) to protect her vital organs that are right under there like that's where her heart is. Yeah. She it's needs, important. Like, you need to, the, the, like, leather or whatever, like, material that it's made of to, like, cover her whole chest and, like, down to her torso because that's where all of your vital organs are. Like, you can still die from being stabbed, like, in the leg or the neck or whatever, but, like, if the objective of wearing armor is to protect your vital organs, your boobs should be covered. <laughs> Aesthetically, I totally understand, um, especially, like, if it's, like, the opposite. So, like, instead of, like, it being, like, on top and there are these, like, boob cutouts 
from the top. Mm-hmm. If it's a boob cutout from the bottom, I've seen those before because it's like a corset. Yeah. Right? And so, like, like she has like a sense. corset piece around the yeah. bottom, but it also like comes up a little in the middle or something. Or... Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's literally just like everything's protected except her boobs. And, yeah. Like, okay. So they're like, okay, there's only one rule to solo gone play. Someone has to die. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. No one said it. It didn't have to be one of us. <laughs> so Aiden's here like taking notes and he's also probably sitting there like, oh my God, um, if she loses, I'm up. Oh, also Clark shows up at the beginning. We yeah, yeah, say. exactly. Yeah, it's about to happen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like if I was Aiden, I'd be like, I would love several more years to train. Right. That I was would like, be preferable. I, I need some more time. Like, I mean, he probably feels ready because she's so confident in yeah. him. And like, that's about the age that he people become commander anyway, because she became commander when she was like, 14. Yeah. But, ugh. Yeah, I would be so, <laughs> and, like, his life is so horrifying already. Like, his entire life is a tragedy, I feel, because. Yeah. Well, all of, any night blood. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, he was brought here as a child. I don't know how long, how long he's been here for. Right. But all of the people he's grown up with, he knows that they're, like, when, to become commander, all of them will be dead, and it would potentially be by his hand. Yeah, like, how early do they grab the commanders, you yeah. know? Because, like, Maddie had been hiding, like, since she was born, basically. Yeah, and, like, and your friends, like, the only people you have around your age to spend time with... Are the people that you have to kill later. Yeah. And, like, depending on how young they grab them, who raises them? Yeah. Titus? Like, no. I... You know what? Actually, there a- if I were to guess, it's probably like the other flame keepers that are like training to be like, like mm. ooh, listen, I'm fully making this up. <laughs> but like, this reminds me of Hunger Games in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And you know, on Hunger Games, how like everybody has a, what's it called? Um, uh, What's Hamish? He's like their, like their there's co- a word. It's like, it's, he's like a coach, but that's not yeah, the word. Yeah, th- there's a specific word for it. Somebody's yelling at the, at their phone or whatever. Or victor? But, yeah, he's the victor, but like, he's like something to them. Anyway, <laughs> that, but like each flame keeper in training mm-hmm. chooses a, a child. child, and then if theirs wins, then they become the main flame keeper. Oh. But Titus did say he's been flame keeper for like four people. So like maybe yeah. he just picks some good or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That'd be well, cool. I don't, th- I don't I think don't, that's true. But. Yeah, I don't think he has time to also pick the next yeah. one and, like, raise that one. The but next would, commander is like, I like Aiden. <laughs> Titus is like, dibs on Aiden. It'd be kind of neat if there was, like, a group of, like, mothers that, like, yeah. raised the, like, group together. But mm-hmm. I don't know if, if they're, if that's possible right. or what they had in mind. Because I don't think they fully fleshed this out. <laughs> right. So Clark shows up. They, like, stare at each other. And Lexa says that she's glad that she came. The fight starts. And Clark also makes eye contact with Roan, who's probably, who, she probably hasn't spoken to him recently. So he's probably like, so it looks like it didn't work. Yeah. Um, like, it's like, that didn't work. And Clark's also probably like, please don't f*** this up for me. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, she grabs his sword and her blood goes, like, out of her hand and you can see that it's also black. I do have to say, they, like I said in my summary, they do seem pretty evenly matched, which is really cool. Yeah. She gets knocked down more, but she always gets up, gets back up in, like, a really cool way. Mm -hmm. I Um, think it's because, like, it takes, he's bigger than her. Yeah. So, she's more light on her feet. So, Mm -hmm. when she gets knocked down, it's easier to knock her down because she's so much lighter than he is. 
but it's also easier for her to get back up because she's so much lighter than right. he is. So Roan steals a spear from a guard by like knocking him out. That guy was an innocent bystander. If you had just grabbed it, there's no way he could have stopped you. Yeah, but it looks cooler if he punches him. <laughs> so now she has both swords, but then he gets the swords away. So then she has no swords. He kicks her in the chest like she did to that ambassador a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And he really was gonna kill her, but she ducks out of the way and like trips him. Yeah, like, she does this cool, like, leg move and, like, kicks mm-hmm. him in the knee. It's a very, very well choreographed fight. I would mm-hmm. say probably, I'm gonna go ahead and say the best choreographed fight of this entire show. I would agree with that. I can't think of one that I'm like, that's better. Yeah, I can't I either. this is it. The, there, the, the one with Indra in season seven, question mark? Indra and... Indra and Shade Hedda. Oh, okay is pretty good, but not better than this one. Right. And what I like about it is that there's a lot of levels. Like, first of all, there's a lot of levels. Like, when you're, um... Oh, also the fight with Lexa at the end of this season when she saves Clark. That's a pretty good one. Oh, that is a good one. That's true. But it's more... But again, it's it's more Lexa versus a bunch of people. Yeah, it's different. And, uh, yeah. not one-on-one. Right. When you're directing, like, a play or something, it's important to have a lot of levels. Like, um, otherwise it's boring and you're just looking at one sort of, like, plane when you want, like, some people to be taller and up higher than others and mm-hmm. some to be down lower. And so there's there's lots of levels in this one because there's lots of, like, up and down and up and down, but there's also a lot of, like, up and down based on, like, who's winning. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, you know, it totally gets your suspense going because you yeah. don't know, like, it, you know, it could change at, at any moment. Which is so, pretty impressive yeah. given that they're fighting on a flat, like, yeah. big flat square. Mm-hmm. We use a lot of camera angles and a lot of, like, perspective shots, too. Mm-hmm. They use a lot of levels in that other Alexa one at the end of the of yeah. season two because of, like, because they're on the steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they basically switch places and he's going to let her kill him. Naya like shouts and says that if he dies, he dies a coward. And he's like, whatever, just like do it, I guess. <laughs> um, and so she kills Naya instead. I was going to say, one of my notes is what was her thought process here? Mm-hmm. But I think we've already said it. It's basically like, I know that Roan didn't have anything to do with anything. He's not my problem. And also I can work with him. Mm-hmm. I can't work with his mom. Who is, who is going to be still left after this. And, like, still continue to sow insurrection against me and, like, continue to cause problems for yeah. me. Like, um. she can see that she can easily turn Rowan into an ally because right. he's already done something for her by bringing Clark back. And he's also, he also, also hates his mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we also see Aiden watching this and he seems, like, really inspired by that. I miss him so much. I wish he had more <laughs> opportunities. I'm sorry, I'm buddy. so sorry about what happens mm-hmm. to you. That is... That what happens to Aiden later this season is one of the first really Horrifying. like dark turns of how kind of gross the yeah. violence of the show gets. Like it's really gross and horrible and violent that we lose Lexa and Lincoln right back to back because they're both like minorities and they're both like very fan favorite characters who are kind of like beloved and represent and, like, like kindness and yes. empathy and like in both of them. And but like having them kill having Antari cut off the heads of a bunch of children and then having filmed it and had to have cut it back for network TV is really a gross indication of how horribly they treat Maddie later. Yeah, and then, like, dump him out on the ground, too. Yeah. Like, God. It's horrible. It's, yeah, yeah. That's, like, one of my least favorite things about this. Mm. And I, 
There are a few things. I have a list of things that I don't really care for this season. Um, like, there are pieces of this season that are my favorite. Yeah. And then there are pieces of this season that disgust me. Right. So, uh, Lexa comes to Clark's quarters, and Clark's in, like, another dress, so <laughs> we're both in slinky dresses. <laughs> Clark says that she will change her hand bandage for her. Oh, my God, both of us have hurt hands. That's Aww, so cute that's of so us. That's so romantic. Um, so, they're like, what's going to happen with Antari? And Lexa says that Antari's going to, like, just basically go away until her death why should like shouldn't she stay here with the others Mm -hmm. get to know these kids yeah then how then then see if maybe that puts a little bit of empathy in your life it won't but just in case i i think that's that lexa i think that lexa probably lets her choose Mm -hmm. and they choose to go away even though if i didn't ask for one um (laughs) i think that she probably lets her choose and that's probably the wrong choice to make because then she, of course, goes back to Asgeta and, like, is going to continue learning in secret and not being able to, like, have any influence by you at all. Yeah. Like, you know that she's going to win now. Yeah. Like, how, how... But, like, it's In also, what world does Aiden kill her? But it's also hard to, like, bring her in when she's so much older and into that group because she is a threat. It's solo gone play, isn't it? Every conclave, like, you go against somebody, right? Because Luna had to, like, go against her brother, and that was the problem, right? Yeah, I think it's, like, it's, like, a March Madness kind of, like, one-on-one situation. I was, like, what if we, what if all the kids were, like, okay, guys, and then they, like, all, like, went and, like, just rushed on Tari, and, like, Mm -hmm. we just kill on Tari first. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, it's kind of... It's and then they say that she's weird. against, like, ten children, and then she can't win. It's kind of weird, though, because the way they set up the Conclave in Season 4, that they have for, like, control of the bunker, is free-for-all. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is literally a Conclave for who is in charge. Yeah. But then, like, in the lore that they give with Lexa and, and Luna. Luna, they do talk like it's one-on-one. Yeah. But then... But then it's like, how do you decide the rank system? Because, like, Lexa might not have beaten somebody that got beaten by, like, somebody else down here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if she was, like, the last to fight. Right, yeah. I wonder, because I recently read the, well, I've read the first two Divergent books for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so they have, like, sort of a ranking system there, whereas, like, you kind of do, uh, like, training, and then, like, based on how well you did in your training or how well you did in, like, certain sort of, like, um, practice fights, then, like, then it depends on where you are in the rankings and stuff like that. So, I don't know. That's what it kind of reminds me of, because I recently read those. Yeah. I don't know, it's just, uh, like, once again, I think the whole conclave and killing all the people that have night blood is stupid. Yeah. Um, it's a stupid way to choose the commander. Mm-hmm. So Clark's like, do you talk about anything other than your death? And it, instead, Lexa just says, thanks for backing me. And Clark's like, I was just doing what was right for my people. <laughs> I don't even really like you, so. <laughs> it's very, it's very soft and flirty. This mm-hmm. is also the first time we get to see more of Lexa's tattoos. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, and they do look, they look super Yeah, badass. they look yeah. really cool in, like, with the low-cut dress in the back and like yeah it's like really cool because it's like such a juxtaposition between like what the way that she looks right now and like what her tattoos kind of like symbolize symbolize and yeah like, you know yeah mm-hmm. so clark's like okay well all of your delegates betrayed you so now what and she's like well they also believe that they were helping their people and i'm like but like clearly naya is like evil though yeah like at least lexa like works toward peace i don't understand like everybody was like, yes, I'll go with Naya. I think everyone is fueled. I like, I think a lot of this season, especially with the other storyline, and then it bleeds into this storyline, is fueled by like the xenophobia of the other. Yeah. And um, Naya. and Naya played into the 
fear that the others probably had of Sky Crew mm-hmm. uh, in in getting them to go against Lexa because Lexa so easily trusts Sky Crew yeah. when like they haven't really done any like Sky Crew hasn't really super done anything intentional against their the grounders around them except like in season one the kids defended themselves and accidentally landed on in tree crew tree crew villages. And oh then, my god! Imagine how much worse it could have been if they landed somewhere else. Jeez. And then like meanwhile, Farm Station landed in Asgeta and they've been causing havoc. Yeah. So Asgeta has reason to hate Sky Crew because of Farm Station. And Farm Station has reason to hate Grounders because of Asgeta. Yeah. When they're, neither group is representative of the whole. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but I'm also like, these people are old enough to remember Shade Hedda's reign. And like, can you not see how much better Lexa is right. than this? <laughs> so the only other thing that I really noticed about this was just that Clark talks to Lexa in Trig and then Lexa talks to her in English. And so it's really cute how they're both trying to talk to each other in like their first language. I like and that I too. That was really sp- it's uh, it's also very like I'm doing something for the other because they're like showing that that's a little way that they mm-hmm. care about each other and respect each other. Yeah. Cool. So that is the Polis storyline. Um, before we move on to Jaunty and Arcadia, we're gonna talk about Patreon real quick. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, we have a Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/TheAfficionados. Um, and it's like a monthly donation. Um, We have lots of really cool tiers, including some new ones um, that hopefully could potentially be worth worth your while. At the $1 level, you get early access to all five podcasts. At the $2 level, we now have a Discord server. So if you want to talk about this show and all of our other shows with like-minded people and also us, join the $2 tier to get access to the Discord server. $5 is 10% off at shoppylux.com and then also like the Discord server and also um, early access. And then at $10, we have a Patreon-only podcast called OK Love You Hi. Um, And you guys might have known that because we posted a um, preview of our second episode, I think, on this feed. Um, If you missed it, definitely go check it out. We talked about our comfort shows and our comfort pieces of media. Mm -hmm. Um, So after the fifth episode goes out on um, our other feeds, because we put out an episode on every single feed, uh, then it's going to be exclusive to Patreon. So you're definitely not going to want to miss it. That's at the $10 tier. And all of that is in USD, I believe, Um, even though... (laughs) We, I mean, I, I operate in Canadian dollars, but, but Patreon, Patreon does not. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, we would really appreciate it. If you guys can help us out on Patreon, Shoppy Lux is another really great way to support us. And you also get something cool out of it. Brittany makes like resin art and, um, uh, stickers. stickers. And then I make embroidery. Um, I am doing custom embroideries. I can do quotes. Like there's lots of things I can do. And I also have like almost 20, the hundred designs. So that's so I can do just many. About, <laughs> it's so many. Um, I can do just about anything. So if you're looking for anything uh, to be embroidered, I uh, have gotten really good at it. So I can definitely <laughs> do it. And then if we can't do Patreon or Shopilux, uh, Recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Even if you're like, I don't want to force anybody to watch The 100 at this in 2021. Feel free to recommend any of our other podcasts. Even if that recommendation is to yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you're like, this is the only one I listen to, but maybe I should check out one of the other ones. We would really love it. We're going to talk about them more um, in the outro. So uh, wait for that. And uh, we love you. Thank you. And now we're going to talk about Jaunty. Yeah. All right. I hope this still makes sense because I just scooped it out of my other story. (laughs) Yeah. 
She wrote her summary for the Arcadia and Jaunty storyline put together. Um, and then she just, like, took out the sentences that are about Jaunty. So, yeah. sorry. It's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jasper's going off on a, a little walkabout when Monty and Octavia try to stop him. He thinks that this whole memorial for Farm Station and, like, the people that died in Mount Weather is too little too late for the people who he cared about that died in Mount Weather. A commotion happens and he, he gets away. And Jasper makes a little hole for himself in the fence to sneak out because the camp is under lockdown. And Monty begrudgingly follows him. Uh, Monty is still following Jasper, who is pretty much constantly drunk. And he is about to, like, continue berating him. But then he realizes that Jasper has led, led them back to the dropship. In the months that they've been gone, it's grown, like, green and, like, it's covered in, in new growth again. Which I don't know if it would be that fast, Yeah, to be honest, after a explosive landing mm-hmm. and then another jet-fueled situation. But yeah. I digress. It looks cool. Yeah, didn't Clark fully singe grounders? Yeah. <laughs> so while Jasper goes off to pee, Monty looks through his backpack and he realizes that he brought Finn's ashes. Monty goes to confront him, but he finds Jasper fast asleep. He can't help but feel a little sorry for his friend, so he sits down with him. Later, Monty confronts a now awake Jasper about the ashes. Jasper wants to scatter them, but Monty says that they should be for Raven or even Clark to decide. But Jasper says, screw Clark, because um, she basically ruined his life. He doesn't understand why Monty is the one who committed mass murder, but Jasper can't sleep at night. Monty tells him that he's not fine either, though. He says he misses his best friend and he's tired of like watching him destroy himself over and over. Jasper tells him that his friend died that day too and Monty then just leaves him because he's sick of watching Jasper do this to him just constantly. Jasper tries to yell after him, but he trips and spills Finn's ashes everywhere. You know what? If Finn's ashes were going to be scattered anywhere, this is a good place, but like not just you. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Um, it should be a ceremonial thing like that Raven gets to be a part of and that Clark gets to be a part of, but she probably doesn't want to, honestly. Yeah. But like at at the very least, Raven should be a part of it. Yeah. Um, So Monty tries to get Jasper to come to the memorial. Octavia tried to like diffuse the tension and stuff, but Jasper's like, it's too late. Because now, like, we're mourning these people who died at Mount Weather just because they were our people. Like, we didn't mourn them when they weren't our people. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's fair. But, like, we knew them. Like, we knew these people. We didn't know the people in Mount Weather. Right. Like you did. Like Jasper did. But why would the why rest would have of- have a huge like, memorial for it, people who were like trying to hurt us? Like it, if you wanted a memorial, you should have been the one to organize it yeah. because you were the one that cared the most. Yeah. This I, is not any kind of homage or anything. But uh, in the fourth episode of Lost, a character named Claire goes to Jack because he's the leader. And she's like, I found a bunch of things for the people who died in the plane crash. And I was thinking maybe we could have some sort of memorial where we just like talk about them and like um, read off their names or something. And Jack's like, I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You do it. And Claire's like, okay. And so she's the one who does it and she leads it and she does the memorial. So like, if you wanted there to be a memorial, Jasper, I know that, like, I know he's messed up and he's upset and obviously too upset to, like, organize that or anything, you know? But, like, if you wanted it to happen, make it happen. Yeah. Because it's unrealistic to assume, like, to expect the people who were hurt by Mount Weather to do a memorial for people in Mount Weather that they didn't even know. Yeah. Like, like, why would Abby organize something like this or, like... When she was, like, drilled or, by them. Yeah. yeah, or Harper or, like, mm-hmm. any of the people, like, Monty, even. Yeah. Like, you're the one that had the strongest connection with the people there because you had a connection with Maya. And, like, most of the people who died 
were terrible. Yeah, like, didn't you, like, didn't he really only, and I mean, when we get back to season two, we'll, like, pay more attention to this, but, like, didn't he really only have a connection with Maya and then, like, Vincent, her dad? Yeah. And that was kind of it. And, like, I guess those people that, like, hid them. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. I remember that. Like, there, there were, there were certainly good people in Mount Weather, but Mm -hmm. there were, the, the amount of good people was far outshadowed by, like, the amount of people who actively wanted to commit, continue committing murder. Right, and he Um, thought a lot about Maya and probably thought a lot about, like, you know, she knew these people, right? These people were people not because I knew them, but because, like, other people know them and everything. And also, like, literally every single person in Mount Weather, uh, except, I guess, like, the children because they can't, they don't have, they don't know Mm -hmm. yet. But every person in Mount Weather was complicit. Right. In, like, taking grounder blood and, like, the system of what they had going there. Yeah, and it's like... Did they have much of a choice? But it's also like, then don't go outside. Well, like, because Maya, Maya says her mom chose not to take it and right. she died for it. Right. So so everyone gets called to the main gate and Jasper and Monty kind of like zoot away. Um, but Nyko and sick people are being like checked for weapons and everything. I like how it's been four episodes of this season so far. Two out of four episodes have included Nyko showing up needing help. <laughs> like, yeah, do I- something else. <laughs> Two of the four episodes have included that. And then also we realized in season four, Nyko shows up again with sick people. Yeah. Because uh, he, like, brings Luna there. And then in season one, like, we noticed, like, the guards are, like, pretty rude about the commotion here. But in season one, when Murphy came back sick, it was fully a trap to, like, yeah. weaken the camp. Yeah. So that's fair. I think Octavia is the one who says, like, Abby said that we would help them, so you have to let them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, okay, well, you take them in if you're such friends. And she's like, okay, I will. Nyko apologizes about Mount Weather. And I feel that Nyko would have felt partially responsible because he was one of the reason why they moved in there. Mm-hmm. So Jasper uses bolt cutters to try and get out, even though the camp is on lockdown. And he's like, I don't, like, Monty's like, why are you doing that? And Jasper's like, go to your thing, like, mind your own business, who cares? And they're like, fine, fine. Um, and then Monty follows him anyway because friendship. Mm-hmm. Gotta. So Jasper and Monty get to the drop ship. Jasper is drinking so much. Why doesn't any adult stop him or something? I don't know if they know exactly how yeah. much he's drinking because he probably, they, Monty and Jasper made a still in, when they were just the, like in. Oh, right. Camp job, not camp job, but like at the drop ship. Mm-hmm. So like he knows how to get his own ulterior source right. of alcohol. So they may not know that he's constantly drunk. Yeah. So then Monty says that he's like had enough and like it's it's good to to speak up, but clearly something else has to be done because yeah. like you telling him that has not helped since yeah. like since you've started doing that. So Jasper goes to pee. And Monty sees that he has, like, a thing of ashes. And then he goes to, like, yeah, like you said in the summary, he goes to confront him about it. Jasper's already, like, passed out of sleep in his own pee, I assume. <laughs> um, and then Monty just, like, sits with him. For I mean, I assume he probably, like, peed against the tree and then laid down a little. Well, either way, it smells like pee over there. Yeah. I would at least walk further away yeah. from pee. <laughs> So they wake up at the dropship later um, and Monty's like already up and like maybe even didn't even sleep and has already made like a fire and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talks about how he stole Finn's ashes. And until now, we did not know it was Finn, did we? Like, because he like has the tooth so we know that it is ashes, but we don't know whose it is until he says Finn's ashes. But like, I don't know. Have we seen that little container? I can't remember if there's any indication in the scene with that jasper had with abby mm-hmm. um in medical oh, okay but as far like as I earlier know, this season yeah no i would have meant i would have mentioned it i think okay remember. so monty says raven should be able to scatter them or clark uh monty calls jasper selfish jasper calls monty and clark mass murderers and 
he understands why Bellamy and Clark did it, but why would you do that? Because you knew that you knew Maya and you knew that she meant so much to me. So he says that he understands why Bellamy and Clark did it because he understands that they, first of all, didn't know them and also like are, are like the leaders who have to do stuff, I yeah. guess. But like, what's Monty gonna do? He also probably like knows that Bellamy and Clark were like motivated to protect, like Clark was motivated to protect Abby. Uh-huh. And like in my head, Bellamy was motivated to protect Raven, but. Monty was motivated to protect Harper. I, I mean, they weren't together yet, but. But. Yeah, but still, but, like, in my head, he also probably doesn't agree with, like, Bellamy and Clark's decision-making all the time, so he understands why they did it, because, like, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. They make decisions without consulting people, honestly. And so he's not, he's also not as close to them, so he's not, he doesn't feel as obligated to hold them responsible for what happened as he does with Monty because he is close to Monty and like he he doesn't understand how Monty didn't see it the same way he did. I just can't imagine Monty being like I could help you Clark and Bellamy but I know one person here who is nice. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Jasper. It's just not realistic to ask this. Also, it isn't realistic that he was going to be able to stop them with his single knife at, yeah. at like, what's his name's throat. Yeah. I, like, as soon as he killed Cage. Oh. As soon as he killed Cage. <laughs> I was like, give me a hint. I don't know. <laughs> As soon as he killed Cage, um, so another guard would have killed him. Right. Like, he wouldn't... Like, Monty was also protecting you. Yeah. Your plan was bad. I miss... I just miss, like, Jasper. Yeah. It was so sad the way he went, too. Yeah, it's like, it didn't like, get better. Yeah. That was the... That was... And I think we've talked about this already before, so I'm not gonna get too far into it. But, like, the fact that, like, he went so far down and then it didn't get better. Yeah. Like, it, it should have been a, a redemption story mm-hmm. in which, like, you can pick yourself back up. Yeah. And even after devastation and grief, you can still move on. And the fact that it just wasn't that and he just gave up and he died was so sad. And like, it would have been one thing if Jasper's very sad and tragic story had been used as a way to show, like as a as a narrative point to show the way that people continue to grieve after they've lost someone to suicide and like how much that affects like your whole life. But it wasn't. They basically just forgot about him and like Monty named his kid after him. But like you didn't see any of the like lasting impact that losing Jasper had on him and like the people around him at all. Like it, the, the scene where it happens is very emotional, mm-hmm. but like immediately after Monty just goes back to Harper and like, focuses on other things. Yeah. Instead of, like, getting to see Monty be in this probably, like, very deep well of grief after, like, losing his best friend to something that was preventable. So he's like, wow, so you're the one who killed them, and I'm the one who's mentally suffering. And Monty's like, I'm not... What... I'm not okay. You think I'm just like hanging out? First of all, like I'm hiding it. It's, this is a mask that I wear. Yeah. Because I'm Monty and I have to be nice and happy and make people feel good. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I was, that I killed those people or like that I helped kill those people. And I also know that you're mad at me about it and that like you're, the reason why you're like this and that your life is unraveling Mm -hmm. is partially my fault. And that probably like eats him up inside. Yeah. Like I think when Jasper dies, Monty's like the catalyst for this Mm -hmm. was me. Yeah. You know, like I don't. Which is why I'm like, it's such, it sucks so much that we don't get to see the effect that it had on him. And so, and the fact that Jasper believes that Monty is just like, okay, makes me think that it would have been really nice 
to have a scene potentially where Monty is like, I'm, because I'm sure he did apologize. And I feel like we might have seen it. But like, I'm sorry, I understand why you're upset. And this is why I understand why you're upset. This mm-hmm. is like, I feel terrible about it. And I'm pretty sure Monty stays with him mm-hmm. and Maya when they go, when Clark and Bellamy like go down to like free the prisoners. Yeah, it's just that I, I and, and I just wish that we had had more of that. But I also don't think that Jasper would have been very like conducive to that. Receptive I think he probably would have yeah. been like, shut up, I don't want to hear it. But, like, I think I just wish that Monty potentially had, like, tried more to do that because it makes me so sad that Jasper thought that Monty was just chill about what happened. Yeah. Like, he, Monty should have been more, like, and just like, communicated more about how bad he thought. And, like, realistically, honestly, Monty probably would have tried. To, yeah, I think so. To do that. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a failing of the writing, not the characters. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, there straight up was no other choice. Like, like I said before, what was he going to do? Just be like, listen, Clark, and I could help, but no. Right. You know, like, he can't. So... Jasper says, oh, he thinks he's innocent. He didn't say that. No. He did not say that. And then says, none of us is innocent, which is like Maya, which is the thing that Maya said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then- Which was like trying to absolve them. Yeah. Of her death. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah so like, he's like misusing it to make Monty feel worse. I think he misremembers Maya. And I think we're going to talk a lot about in season two about how, um, like, one of the things that I really like about um, John Green's books um, is that he tries to kind of get away from the trope of like, this girl is perfect. It's like the 500 days of summer syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, where she's like, not her own person. She's just like what you want her to be, basically. And like, when she's not, then it's a disappointment or whatever. Yeah. Um. So like, a thing that John tries to write is that like, these boys feel that way. But, like, here's why it's wrong and here's why you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's why it's disappointing where, when a lot of people were, like, really mean to him on Tumblr because they're like, why are you talking about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl? And he's like, have you read my books? Right. Clearly not. Anyway, I think that we'll talk about that in season two. Whereas I think, because I think that Jasper saw Maya in a way that she, I think that she was truly, like, a really great person and like Mm -hmm. clearly you know like that story about her mom she's like learned in a really good way about like how to be a good person and she was a good person and she was like she was awesome but like I do think that Jasper misremembers her in a way that like she wouldn't she wouldn't she wouldn't be upset in the way that you're upset she wouldn't know she wouldn't want him to have become what he has she doesn't want him to try and get all of this like revenge and like guilt trip people like she wouldn't want that yeah and she wouldn't want him to like live in this guilt and like this um this just devastating angry place Mm -hmm. forever because she would want him to be happy yeah um so then monty tells jasper float you which like i know is like a really big deal because I like I wish these people were allowed to say the F word. I know, Cause right? Because like hearing them say "float you," I try and think of it in the same like with the same connotation mm-hmm. as saying "actual F you." Yeah, but it sounds so dumb. I it's interesting that you think that because like when we were watching it, I thought that Chris did such a good job the way he delivered it that I thought he said the f word for a second like I was like looking down at my phone because I was taking my my notes and my summary and I looked up and I was like he's not allowed to say that and then I was like wait he didn't say that yeah I don't and I think when people do say it they do a really good job because like you know basically just in your brain you're saying the f word yeah you know so like Like it does the same thing the actors do a good job I just think it sounds funny like when we especially when we say it back like it out of context you're just like yeah that sounds 
So stupid. Mm. So he says that I've been watching you hurt yourself and others, but I'm not going to watch you do it anymore. So like figure it out or fall apart alone. And I think that's something that we kind of said in the past few episodes is that like you do want to try and be there for your friends who are going through like these like devastating problems. But at some point you need to like think of yourself and like you have to take a step back because Jasper is actively hurting Monty at this point. Like in, mm-hmm. in 301, he was like pushing him and like actually physically hurting him. This is not necessarily the way that you take a step back from that. Like there's also like, I mean, there's also a point when someone is pushing you away and pushing you away and pushing you away. There's a point where it's going to work. Yeah. Like you're going to have been pushed away. And like maybe Monty is thinking like nothing else I've tried has gotten through to you. Maybe this will yeah. also potentially. I don't know. I mean, we didn't see those three months. So I don't know Mm -hmm. what you've tried. So he says, I miss my best friend. And Jasper says that he died on that day too. So his best friend is dead. This is a new Jasper. Ugh, that is upsetting. (laughs) So then Monty just leaves and Jasper says, see you on the other side, which of course is like his thing that he says. Mm -hmm. Um, He trips and scatters Finn by accident. And like inhales it. He definitely breathed in some Finn there. And, you know, Devin does a really good job of like kind of having that breakdown. And, you know, Jasper acts like all high and mighty and everything, but he just lost his best friend too, you know? Like, I I wonder if Jasper ever thought Monty actually would go because they've been friends for such a long time. And like you said, you push somebody away long enough and like they'll- They're going to leave. But like maybe, I don't know what Jasper's thinking. I mean, he's he's probably like been treating Monty as his punching bag for so long, at least since Mount Weather, that- he thinks he can just keep doing it until and doing it. And then when Monty leaves, he's probably like, well, I deserve this. Right. And like, because he hates himself too. Yeah. So that's what I have for the Jaunty storyline. Just a small one, but actually a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to do the uh, Arcadia storyline. And Sam also did the summary for that one. So Kane and Abby are holding a meeting with Pike and some other faction leaders about what to do in the wake of the Mount Weather disaster. Pike wants to retaliate, but Abby says that the matter is already handled and they're not going to go on the attack for no reason when... It's already been handled. Kane also tries talking him down, but Pike stands his ground that they need to be on the offensive. Abby shuts him down once and for all, and after he leaves, jokes that tomorrow he'll be Kane's problem when uh, he wins the chancellor vote unopposed, right? She keeps sure. jinxing it. She jinxes it like three times, and I'm like, stop. I know. Like, in retrospect, I was like, yeah, haha. When he, and then, oh no. Uh, okay. Uh, she leaves, and Bellamy comes in to speak to Kane alone. He feels super guilty for leaving the people in Mount Weather, but Kane tells him not to blame himself, but to blame Asgeta, who was the actual people who did this to them. He believes that Bellamy did the best that he could with the information that he had at the time, but Bellamy leaves still emotional, not having uh, resolved that guilt. Pike leads the memorial surface for his people who died in Mount Weather. He asks for people to speak about those that they lost, and Brian starts talking about someone we don't really know or care about, but (laughs) then Bellamy steps up to talk about Gina because she was real right before she got fridged. (laughs) As he's saying, may we meet again, Pike's men come in in like all sort of a frantic tizzy saying that there are grounders outside and Kane and Abby are like, damn, we know, relax. And he's like, I will not. And basically stirs the crowd up into a fear mongered mess until someone from Farm Station throws a rock at Lincoln and the whole hall breaks out into fistfights. Pike then quiets the room and rallies them all not to fight each other, but to fight the grounders and direct their anger towards them. Abby checks on Lincoln, but he brushes her off even though he probably has a concussion. He goes outside to redirect his anger into a healthy coping mechanism by just like hitting the wall a bunch of times and not like taking that out on the people who hurt him. Hmm. (laughs) 
Lincoln then later comes to medical so that Abby can patch him up. He decides that he won't press charges against the man who uh, smacked him in the head with a rock. Kane and Pike are basically like the devil and angel on his shoulder in this situation. Kane thinks that the guy should face consequences, but Pike is like, aggravated assault is fine if you're grieving and it's against a grounder. <laughs> I was like, I don't... I- I think that we straight up just don't hit people with rocks. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, he was grieving. <laughs> it's okay if you're grieving. Yeah. If you have a reason to commit aggravated My assault. My grandfather passed away in 2012. Mm-hmm. I didn't hit one person with a rock. Yeah. And good for you. Thanks. Because <laughs> apparently it's really hard it's not to. so hard not to just do that. Yeah. Uh, Abby reminds Pike that Lincoln is not responsible for what happened to his attacker's son. Octavia storms in, but Abby assures her that Lincoln will be okay. She wants him to go with her outside to meet Indra's army and basically escape Arcadia, but he's determined to stay and change the minds of the people like Pike so that they learn that not all grounders are like Asgeta. Uh, in the mess hall, Pike and Bellamy talk over drinks and Pike plays right into Bellamy's self-loathing tendencies. He says that they're, they are responsible for what happened and it's a direct contrast to his earlier conversation and that they have to make sure that it never happens again. Pike knows that he has to get Bellamy on his side before he can make a run at Kane for power. He then convinces him to get his men guns so that they can take out Indra's army, even though it's treason. Bellamy leads the homicide squad out in the middle of the night, but they are stopped by Lincoln and Harper and Monroe. Harper and Monroe trust Bellamy when he says that they should, but Lincoln doesn't move. The guy who hit him earlier aims his gun at him, and Lincoln then just takes the guy hostage because you won't fool him twice. Like, come on. Someone sounds the alarm, and the good guys roll up like, what now? Kane is super disappointed in Bellamy for giving them all guns. Abby puts says to put them all in jail, but Pike takes time to soapbox about grounders. He talks Kane into showing the crowd his brand, and Kane argues that it's a symbol of unity, while Pike says it's a mark that they own him now, basically. Uh, King Troublemaker from Farm Station says that Pike should be on the ballot tomorrow for Chancellor, and Abby then shuts down everybody and sends them back to the brig, but Bellamy then starts chanting in the crowd to lead Pike. I wonder, chanting in the crowd for I Pike. wonder if they put him on the ballot or if he just got that many write-ins. Right. The next morning at Arcadia, Kane has lost the election and he delivers the Chancellor pin to Pike in jail. It's humiliating, basically. Yeah, yeah. Pike pardons himself and the others and then rejects being the 13th clan and then decides to go finish the job of committing mass murder. Oh, God. And that's that. So basically, they've got some pretty serious security measures going on. This was probably there before, and we just didn't get to see it in, like, 301, because it was all, like, happy times in 301. Right. This is a very elaborate set, though. I'm oh, yeah. deeply impressed. They talk about how Metweather had a self-destruct button, and it worked. They lost 49 of them. Pike wants to strike back. Abby says that Lexa will bring them to justice, and then she does kind of like she she yeah like she kills she's, naya she's literally on the way in the at the beginning of the next episode to bring naya's head to arcadia to be like we have killed your enemy yeah everything is fine yeah and then bellamy screws it up yeah pike says that ground we can't trust grounders to punish grounders and i'm like bro there are they're not the same like there are different pieces of grounders just like there are different groups here like i don't understand why it's so why that's so difficult right Like, it's, I don't know, I guess everyone that he's come across, Mm -hmm. except for Indra, has hurt him. And Lincoln. So, he's like, yeah, and Lincoln. And Nyko. Well, I I don't know if he hung out with Nyko, but like, (laughs) hello, the list gets longer. Right. So, but he's already formed an opinion in his mind, and it's not gonna... Does Pike, um... It's the same... Kick him out? 
It's the same way that people, like, excuse their own Islamophobia. Yeah. Like, does does Pike kick out Naiko and all the other people in sickbay? I um, can't remember. Does he just make them leave? I can't I can't remember either. Yeah. I think he locks them up, but I don't oh, know how. right. No, I remember like, that. Naiko somehow gets away. Yeah. Because Naiko's not locked up, and Naiko doesn't get, like, no. Is Naiko locked up with the rest of the sick grounders? We will find out. Yeah, we will. But, like... Lincoln, the, they get away, I think, because yeah. Lincoln sacrificed himself. Right. So he's like, I lost another half of my people when I had already lost a lot of people. They only understand strength, so we have to hit them hard and leave no survivors. And Kane's like, dude, this is an attack. This isn't even an attack against us. It's an attack against Lexa, and we're just collateral damage. Yeah. And, and also, like, the army that he attacks is not the army that attacked him. Right. Like... Yeah, exactly. Like, it, the, the, peop- the people he's attacking are, like, good people who are trying to help him. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's 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 our war now, and we're a part of it. We need to do something. They'll take what we have. We don't defend ourselves. I agree that we would look super, super weak if we didn't do something to, like, prove that, like, we, can, we can't just keep can being used by collateral da- as collateral damage. Like, yeah. We have to say, hey, we are, pe- we are people. We're here, and you can't, like, treat us like crap. But, but like, like that, what happens is not it. And, like, that needs to be done, like, through diplomacy yeah. and, like, building connections, not going out and shooting the first grounder that you see. Right. And so Abby says, okay, we'll think about it. And Pike goes to leave. Bellamy's there. And Abby's like, haha, Pike is your problem after the election tomorrow. And I'm like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I understand what she's saying. Because, like, at like, this point, he, she he, doesn't think that he has enough, like, support in general. Right. And she, Kane's running unopposed. He's yeah. the only option. Yeah. So, like, I get it. But also, don't jinx it. <laughs> right. So Bellamy wants to give up his job and he puts his jacket down. I just got to say, that jacket seems so, like, so starchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, it, like, they keep their form even when you're not wearing them. Yeah, <laughs> like, please, gross. please, Sarah, some fabrics yeah. off here. But that's also, they also have been, like, patched together with, like, right. shoulder things and, like, additions to, like, make them guard yeah. uniforms. So he takes responsibility for the deaths because he left. And Kane's like, no, it's Ice Nation's fault. And he's like, okay, well, I'm the one who told Gina to stay there. I'm like, it wouldn't have made sense to bring Gina. And it, yeah, no, it definitely wouldn't have. Also, if um, Gina wasn't there, Raven and Sinclair would be dead. I do like story-wise how how stark the contrast is between the conversation Kane has with him and the conversation that Pike has with him later. Because Kane is very, like, empathetic and, like, supportive and, like, reassuring. But it doesn't work on Bellamy because Bellamy is so deep in that grief and his own self-hatred. Which is, like, a thing Bellamy has, like, always had. Yeah. Um, is that he kind of hates himself a little. Mm-hmm. And Pike plays right into that. He's like, yeah, it is your fault. And you better not make it, ha- better not let it happen again. It's kind of manipulative. It's, it's very manipulative. Yeah. yeah. So Kane tells him, like, your choices were totally reasonable at the time. I totally understand why you would have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to save their lives, but he didn't. And I think Echo should have brought been brought up in this conversation. Yeah. Um, because, like... Like, I guess she, she falls under the, like... Yeah. Under the bridge of... Yeah, but, like, that, that's, like, one of the main reasons why he goes and he trusts that is because of Echo, so... Yeah. But then, like, Bellamy would then also still turn it on himself for being too trusting. Yeah. And, like, but Kane is, Kane is right. It's not his fault that that happened. He literally did the best he could with the information that he had because he didn't want the people that were there, Abby and Kane, and, like, the people that he cared about at the summit and Clark to die. Mm-hmm. So we go to the uh, memorial and Pike says, listen, we all die, but how we die is what we can control. And I'm like, I'm like I, don't, I don't think I so. I literally don't think that's true, especially of these people. Yeah. 
So Brian goes up. This is the first time we're seeing Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um, he goes to speak up for Iris Jones. Convenient that he wasn't uh, at Mount Weather, hey? Yeah, exactly right. She's like, she saved my life, but I couldn't save hers. The things that he says about her are that she was smart, that she was good with a knife, and that she saved his life. Why? What are three other things about her? <laughs> uh, like, how did she save your life? Did she tell you not to probably, go to Mount Weather? Well, she probably killed a grounder yeah. for him. With a knife, I with assume. With a knife. Because she's smart. Mm. We put it all together with just those three information <laughs> points. Nailed it. Thanks so much. Rest in peace, Iris. Yeah. Whomstever you are. <laughs> so he leaves her knife as a memorial. Brian sits back down with Miller. So Bellamy goes up to speak for Gina because apparently being her boyfriend for three months is like better than, I maybe know. I don't know, maybe I'm her sure parents are also dead. dead or something. He says that Gina always saw the light and that she deserved better. And I'm like, yeah, better than being fridged for yeah. you. <laughs> and he says Gina was real. I remember Gina was real being like this huge like hashtag yeah. in the 100 fandom. I totally forgot that it was an actual thing he said. And I just thought that's what... Well, the fandom made up. But and it's also like so annoying because like for the first three episodes that Gina is there, they like the people who then use the Gina is real hashtag hated her. Right. Because she wasn't Clark. So like it sucks what happened to her. But also like it sucks that she had to face misogyny before she died and in how she died. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So Bellamy leaves the Iliad book um, that she bought for him. Bruh. She got it for you. She would have wanted you to read it. (laughs) I would be so mad if, like, we leave a knife for Iris, presumably because that is her knife, and it's, like, something that was, like, important to her. Mm -hmm. Um, If I was Gina, I'd be like, can you think of anything else than a gift I got for you? I don't even like Greek mythology. Like, if they've been dating for three months, there's probably stuff of hers in his quarters. Yeah. Like, hello? (laughs) She didn't have any stuff? So the guards come in to tell them that there's an army of 300 outside. um, And they're like, yeah, we know, because Indra already told us. And he's like, oh my god, a grounder has our radio? Bro, you met Indra. She's chill. You met her. She's a great ally. And clearly she gave us good information that you're now getting confirmation of. Yeah. And so, yeah, he just said that really loudly and now everyone's scared. And so Kane's like, calm down, calm down, and tries to explain that they're totally here to help us. Everything is fine. And Pike's like, Kane, you're being stupid. And like, it backfires on Kane and Abby that they didn't tell everyone at camp that Mm. the army was coming to protect them. Yeah. Because now that they've shown up, they're like, oh, why are they here? Right, yeah. They and Kate and Abby have to, like, retroactively explain mm-hmm. that that's why they're there. Like, if I were to make it make sense, I would think that, like, maybe Indra couldn't radio until she was, like, in range. And mm-hmm. so, it, like, they, like, just got that, like, right before the memorial or something, I would yeah. say. And, like, that's a really, like, not a great place to be like, hey, by the way. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. Right, like, at the memorial of all the people who died. Yeah. Yeah. So then Abby's like, hey, you're talking to the next chancellor. And I'm like, Abby, shut up. Um... <laughs> But, like, she's she's just trying to get him to, like, respect Kane because Kane right. does, like, have a place of respect with the people that they've had so far mm-hmm. and just not with Farm Station. And so it's like, hey, stop being so insulting. He He's a respectable person. Then you should not just, like, keep making him look like a clown. Right. But I'm like, damn, Abby, if you hadn't said that, oh, then fully. Maybe, like, the guy who's like, you should be on the ballot tomorrow is in the front freaking row. Oh, oh, he's fully over there, like, just, like, examining that rock that just, just like, got put on the table. <laughs> Abby's like, you're talking to the next chancellor. And that guy's putting that information into his brain bank to remember <laughs> for later. <laughs> 
just examining the rocks. He's like, no, there's, there's literally a shot where he, like, goes up and, like, looks at the rock, like, that in the background so when, like, they're arguing. Oh, my so, gosh. So, like, it's, it was a really well shot scene. like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah. Which one am I going to throw at Lincoln? Yeah. Oh, I could have done that better. Which one should at Lincoln I throw? <laughs> Mm, boo. Okay. Um, so Abby says we can't let anger drive our policy. And, and Pike says anger is our policy. It's very like angry and like he literally lashes out emotionally mm. and reactionary to what she said. And I wrote down men are too emotional to be chancellor. Aw. <laughs> I think that the biggest scam that toxic masculinity has sold on our society is that anger is not an emotion. Mm -hmm. Because it is probably one of the most volatile emotions and the most dangerous to have in a role of power. Thank you. (laughs) So I'm like, Pike, no. If you're saying anger is your policy, bro, examine. But all but people agree. <laughs> bro, examine. Like, cause think like, about it, dude. I what mean, are you saying? Because they all they are all angry. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't understand why the people of Arcadia are angry because like they've been at peace for three months. Like they don't do it. The the show doesn't do a good enough job of like convincing us that like Abby's running out of resources or something because like there's a full garden and greenhouse mm-hmm. out front and like they these people seem well taken care of. Right. And they didn't say this, but if I were to try and make it make sense, Mm -hmm. then I would say that, like, you know, we know that people from Farm Station, like, aren't the people from Farm Station. Like, people from different stations just, like, happen to be on Farm Station for the thing. And so potentially all the, like, a lot of the people in Arcadia knew the people who were in Farm Station. Yeah, and so they're more uh, easily convinced because they had former relationships with these people who are now, like, being like, we should be angry. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, dang, I I get some... Like, and probably people who died with Farm Station were people that these people, like, were even closer with. Yeah. So they've lost people, too, even Mm -hmm. though they didn't see it happen. Like, Monty lost his dad. Yeah. I know that Pike isn't trying to, like, speak from, from, like, a political perspective or anything, but, like, God, anger is our policy is not a good, like, byline. It's terrible. bad. Um, And, like, the way it's delivered is so reactionary, too, that, like, if I was sitting there, I would be like, Gua? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and that would convince me to vote for Kane. Right, exactly. Yeah. But, like, if I had lost my parents in that, then maybe I would feel differently. Exactly. Like, if, if, like, the person that I love had died Mm -hmm. with Pike, I would have been like, yeah, we should be mad. We should go after the grounders. Mm -hmm. So, Pike says, we'll tell the army to go home because we can handle ourselves. Can you? (laughs) I don't know. I, I also wrote down that this, like, this whole plot through the whole season is meant to make you, like, look at both sides and be like, ugh, ugh. And it just feels very devil's advocate-y. And I'm like, is that necessary? Do we need it? Right. At no point was I, like, was I ever, like, Pike is right. Yeah, but, like, you fully understand why he's doing what he's doing. I understand why he's angry. I don't, but I think that I, I, like, I just would never do what he does, you know? Like, I understand why he's upset and why he wants revenge, But, like, taking revenge in that manner is not something I ever would consider. And, like, the thing is, like, Pike gets the power that he needs to do the things that he does that are very horrible. And, like, we are, we watching it are, like, that would, I would never do that because I'm not on the side of playing devil's advocate. But people who do play devil's advocate are, like, well, he had reasons. Mm-hmm. If I can just play devil's advocate for a moment, you know, yeah. it's it feels very that. So that dude throws a rock at Lincoln because his son is dead. And I have to say, we don't throw stones at people. But honestly, great aim. Yeah. 
He's like from across the room and mm-hmm. he hits him right in the head. Impressive. Yeah. And it like it like takes an arc too, because yeah. you can't throw it directly at him either. Yeah, you just hit there other people, are other people the on the way. Yeah. But yeah, like terrible. Hate seeing this happen to Lincoln. Good aim. Lincoln doesn't deserve that at all. No. He, he like he's literally getting attacked just because he's the grounder in the room. Yeah. Like he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So now we have a riot. And so like, thanks, Pike. And- He's got a guard jacket on. Like, right, he's exactly. part of like Sky Crew's like defense system. Mm-hmm. And then, but Pike also stops the riot. So, like, okay. I guess you get a point for that. And I'm not saying that he that he did this. I'm not saying that Pike did this. But like, there are people who will make bad things happen mm-hmm. so that it looks like they can fix it. Like, oh, wow, totally. I'm so great. Like, it was. You know, it, it reminds me of, uh, like, Hiram recently on mm, Riverdale. Yeah. I mean, Hiram just in general all oh, the time. Totally. But, like, he'll do these things that he knows that he can fix. Mm-hmm. And so he'll ruin Riverdale in some way and then come in as the hero as if it wasn't him who caused it, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's what Pike's doing, but it kind of has an air of that. That, like, your people are the ones who are starting this riot. And, like, yeah, yeah, you stopped the riot, but it's because it's your people and they're going to listen. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think that 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 he caused it on purpose, mm-hmm. but I do think that he saw causing it, like, once he had, him causing it was very reactionary to what happened with Kane and Abby and the grounders showing up, but he sees that as an opportunity then to fix it and benefit off it, and, like, Right. And now and, all the people who were there can see that he did that. And like he literally just said anger is our policy, and then he's gonna use their anger at each other, and like the reason that they're fighting, and like drum that up even more, and then direct it at the grounders right. so that they're happy with him when he goes and kills a bunch of them right and so he's like we don't attack our own and i'm like like he was fighting lincoln but i see <laughs> so like do you well but like around? everybody else starts punching yeah him. that's what he means is that like all the people in the middle are starting to like fight each other and he's like the enemy is outside not here and um abby tries to help lincoln but he doesn't want to go to medical i mean later he does but he doesn't want to right now. I like that this is a, an instance where Abby's like caregiver instincts kick in. It's like too, first, because you not see Chancellor her first, exactly because she does. She could have stopped the fight yeah. as well, but Lincoln's in danger, and like everybody else is breaks out fighting, and you can see in the wide shot that Abby like takes the route around to mm-hmm. get to Lincoln. So outside, Lincoln's like obviously uh, really angry and that's fair and then he does his whole get knocked down get back up again which of course is iconic and it's a very like healthy response to like getting the crap kicked like getting hit in the head and like blamed as all of these people's problems and like not turning around and like taking the high road bro but also dude that's a major concussion man like yike but Um, he does go to medical so he does he does yeah so the next scene is abby stitching up lincoln's head um, I'm glad to see that he made it to medical. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he doesn't want to press charges even though Kane wants him to. Mm-hmm. And Pike's like, rabble, rabble, rabble. I'm like, get Pike out of here, man. Right. You're not part of this, dude. Like, I fully think that Lincoln is well within his rights to press charges. But then all but the people, also, yeah, all the people the are going to be like, who like, cares about what he got? What he the thinks. reason that he doesn't is that that's just going to give them another mm-hmm. reason to just be mad at him. Right, exactly. And, like, it kind of reminds me of how they're like, Clark's vote doesn't count because she's not even one of us. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be like he doesn't he's, get. He's not a citizen of yeah, Arcadia. So, so why should we listen to, to what he thinks? Yeah, except he is. Yeah, because exactly. like they have welcomed him in. He's wearing the jacket. Yeah, as much as Octavia doesn't like it, like Octavia like doesn't go inside a lot, mm-hmm. but like she goes inside because she knows that Lincoln's like hurt or whatever. She mm-hmm. like shows up to medical, even though we like hardly ever see her in, inside like of the actual building. of the station. Yeah. Also, I we I think we discussed it last time, but Octavia has very valid reasons to be afraid of 
people in that jacket. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. So he's like, oh, well, the guy's son just died. And I'm like, well, that wasn't Lincoln's fault. That had nothing to do with Lincoln. I mean, also, Lincoln- not a good enough reason for assault! Yeah, I mean, Lincoln is the one who was like, yeah, we should stay here. Or like, we yes, we can stay. He didn't want to stay in Mount Weather. Yeah. But he's like, fine, we'll do it. Like, fine. But no one knows that it was, like, that was partly Lincoln's decision, you know? Right. Yeah, we just, we don't, you don't throw rocks at people. We don't do that. Don't. Octavia's pissed. Seems like she didn't go to the memorial, I guess, because she doesn't like being inside. And she mm-hmm. also doesn't really, I mean. I mean, it doesn't. She, she doesn't know anybody. She well, yeah, she was in the skybox. Like, she wouldn't know any of the people that died yeah. in, from Farm Station either yeah. because she didn't know anybody, period. Right. So Lincoln dismisses everybody so that he can talk to Octavia. And we get, like, this kind of, like, tense moment between Nico and Pike, which I think we will see the fruit fruition of later Mm -hmm. um octavia asks if it was farm station and he's like it doesn't matter yes it was and i'm like well it kind of does matter because then we're gonna know if like more stations are being mean right so like if it's farm station okay we already knew that farm station hated you right but if if it's like it wasn't farm station it was somebody else that's important information to know yeah well i think if it had been somebody else he might have mentioned it but because it's farm station he's like let's just let it go so they talk about indra's army and how like now his kill order is is over, mm-hmm. so they should go. And he's like, it's important for me to stay so that they will learn that Asgeta is not, like, the norm mm-hmm. and that there are good grounders. Um, and then Lincoln goes to help Abby translate and Octavia leave. We didn't deserve Lincoln. We really didn't. We didn't deserve him. So Pike tries to, like, console Bellamy because Bellamy's, like, upset in just a million ways. And Bellamy just takes this, like, inexplicable shot that just happened to be sitting there. Um, well, I'm, I imagine that uh, Pike got them shots. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. I'm like... I know that they're in the bar, but, like, where did that come from? And he's like, oh, it was my fault or whatever. And Pike was like, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was your fault. Yeah. And uh, it's your responsibility to make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> Manipulation. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, it was your fault. And Bellamy's like, what? Bellamy's and Pike's like, like, it was everyone's fault. And Bellamy's like, oh, okay. He's like, it, it, but it plays perfectly into the feelings that Bellamy has in his own head. He's like, yeah, it was our fault. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying that this whole time. And then... Man, this guy seems to be on the same page as me. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, it is my responsibility to make sure it happens again. I should commit treason. Yeah. And because we trusted a grounder, all those people are dead. And Bellamy feels extra bad because he's the one who vouched for Echo. Then someone brings another two shots for them, even though they didn't ask for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe in Bellamy's like close up or whatever, Pike like put up his hand to get another one. I don't know. Pike says that it's his fault too because he knew what they were capable of especially because she was Asgeta um and then trusted a grounder for one day and now all of his people are dead yeah um so they promised to never have let it happen again they rack focus to Hannah like listening in mm-hmm. and you also can see like the guy who threw the rock like in the back of Bellamy's yeah. ones who are like staring at him and that that sort of makes sense later once he's like I have all the people and you can see that all the people are there like straight up just watching and listening to see how Bellamy's gonna feel because they need Bellamy to get get through this and have their plan work I wonder if that's LaCroix. Like, didn't do La- we see LaCroix in the first, in the episode? Didn't LaCroix die? Oh. Was LaCroix one of- No. It could have been LaCroix. I feel like his name was, like, Helmer or something. Gilmer. Oh, Gilmer. That sounds right. Gilmer or something like that. I, think I just keep calling, calling him the ro- the rock guy because I don't know. Gilmer sounds right, though. Yeah, that, that's I know there was definitely something in my one brain. called Gilmer. It's just going to say on IMDb, it's going to be like, man who throws rock. <laughs> I'm just going to, like- Go on the Wikipedia and search Gilmer. Because I know that there is one named Gilmer. Sean Gilmer. Yeah. Yep, that's him. I don't know how I know this 
stuff. I don't know how I do this, genuinely. Am I okay? Is it Shane Jones portrayed by? Uh, portrayed by Shane Jones. What does it say on IMDb? Farm Station Survivor. Farm Station Survivor. That's him. Sir, update your IMDb page to have a photo of you. <laughs> Please. So Pike says Kane's a good guy, but he trusts the grounders too much. It's nice that you still think he's nice. Doesn't later he like sentence him to death though? Fully. So, like, oh, fully. He's but, like, a good guy, but he could die and I'd be okay. But like his, his, his anger is our policy, like fuels him even to the point of like, if my own people threaten me, mm-hmm. then I have to take them out. Right. Like he has to commit violence to keep his power, which is why he like makes a show of killing Lincoln, even though he knows by then that Lincoln is a good person. At that point, you're a dictator, my guy. Yeah. At that point, people are scared to go against you. And that's not what we want. Exactly. So he's like, oh, Kane thinks that the Browners can police each other, that the army is out there to help us. Because Pike genuinely believes that that army is going to go against them and come and, and hit them immediately. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If Ontari became commander, maybe they would. I don't, I don't know if Tree Crew would like listen to them. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess maybe like it could happen. I guess. Yeah. He said. He I mean, Asgeta would certainly start attacking them. Right. Exactly. It wouldn't necessarily be that army, but it would be an army. Yeah. Like um, it definitely wouldn't be Tree Crew. Yeah. So he's like, there are three hundred people out there. They don't have one gun, so we could take them out with ten men and just some crazy rifles. And all of the people who are willing to do this are around you. And so all we need is for you to get the gun. And Bellamy's like, oh my God, that's treason. And I'm like, Bellamy, as if you haven't committed treason before. <laughs> Isn't that like your episode kind of one your brand? thing? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, right now we have the element of surprise. And if, but if we wait, we're dead. So like, if we're committing treason, let's call it treason. But at least we're not dead. And yeah. Bellamy's like, okay, let's do it. Yep. Oh boy. Yeah. So Pike and his crew head out into the night. Pike seems to have a lot more followers at this point than you think. Because right now he's like, we only need 10 men. And I'm like, okay, he only has 10 people who he who actually like him. But then now it's just like there keeps being more and more. And um, obviously enough people vote for him that they're... Yep. Oh, yeah, because like doesn't Kane say it was not close? So it was like most people. Yeah. Yeah. So Lincoln, Harper, and Monroe are also there. They try and stop them. And they're like, we're just attacking the army before they attack us. And they're like, okay, well, they were sent to help us. Like I said before, with the Clark and Lexus scenes, like this, a lot of this is just redundant. Like we're talking about the army and we're saying the exact same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So Melanie's like, hey, trust that I'm doing what is best for us. And I'm like, oh, you mean when a last episode when a bunch of people died? Mm -hmm. Huh? Okay. Sure, sure. So Monroe and Harper believe Bellamy. Ah. I don't know if I would have made that choice if I was Harper or Monroe. Um, uh, well, like at this point, they don't have a reason not to trust him because he hasn't done the thing he's about to do. Right. But but he's walking out there with guns yeah. to like, kill a bunch of grounders. You're friends with Lincoln. You've seen, I mean, they've seen bad grounders, but they also have seen good grounders. Yeah. And like they do turn immediately against Bellamy once he's, yeah, that's true. after they he's do. done this. But he's done so much good for them in the past and like kept them safe for that yeah really impactful time of their lives that they do trust him in this moment. And then because they trust him and he because he does such a catastrophic thing, they immediately turn on him. Yeah. Does does Harper I know Harper definitely does, but does Monroe also? Because we see at the end of this scene, Monroe starts to join in with the Pike chant. But Monroe I don't know if Monroe turns against him because I think he that she's with I know Harper does, but I think Monroe is... Harper and Miller definitely do. Yeah, and it takes Monty longer because he's under the influence of his mom. Yeah. And I think Monroe might not because she she goes with Bellamy and Monty to where she ends up dying. Right. 
That's this season, isn't it? Yes, it's yeah. just a few episodes from now. Yeah. So Pike says that Lincoln can prove that he's one of them by letting them through, but Lincoln won't do it. That's like straight up 300 of, like, that's not even Asgeta. That's my people. That's my family. That's my friends. So yeah. absolutely not. But also, Lincoln's like, I'm not trying to prove that I'm one of you. I'm not trying to say I'm either a grounder or I'm a sky crew. I'm trying to say that I'm both and that's okay and that we're people. Mm-hmm. Like, should you want me to let 300 people of my people to die just to please you and make you feel better? No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So Gilmer <laughs> attacks Lincoln again and Lincoln just straight up has him. He's like, I'm I'm not letting He's you like, do this I'm, again. like, we're not playing this game. Listen, maybe a ranged attack, yeah. but not, not hand-to-hand combat, sir. He's like, you already had your chance and I let you off. Yeah. You threaten me again and I will show you how strong I am. Yeah. And then Hannah says, oh, I knew he wasn't a good grounder. It's so demeaning yeah. and rude and it's, oh, it just makes me feel yeah. gross. They talk about how they're starting a war and they're already at war. And so then all security report to the main gate. Pike's in trouble now. Kane and Abby show up and they're just like really disappointed in Pike and Bellamy. They're like, hey, I'm not mad because anger is not my policy, but I am disappointed. <laughs> I feel like they are angry at Pike, but mm-hmm. they're just like sad to see Bellamy yeah. having like fallen into his trap. But they're also trying to be like because really, like, um, like they're trying to be political right now, right? So they're trying to like not go down to their level. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like Bellamy was probably someone that like had become a good ally for them in the like three months because yeah. he is like the unquestioned leader of like the kids who were sent down before. Clearly unquestioned so, like, because Harper and Monroe step aside. Yeah. And it's very important to, like, have him on their side. So I feel like he'd become, like, quite an ally for them. And, like, he probably had a voice in, like, how they had been running Arcadia. Right. So they're all getting locked up. And Pike's like, hey, Kane, show us your brand. They all have a right to know that you're part of the coalition. Why is this a bad thing? I know. They're protecting you. This is good. They they really make it, they really twist it because of their, like, knowledge from Farm Station of, like, what brands were and, like, the whatever century they came from. But, like, yeah, like, Kane makes a really good argument, like, that, that it is for unity. It is a symbol that we are protected by these people and, like, it is a good thing to have. And he's all about, like, learning from this culture, especially, like, in season three and, and in the episode where he gets it. So he understands, like, why it's such an important symbol and why it means what it does. But nobody else was there except for Abby. So no one else understands firsthand what it actually means to be a part of that and have that symbol from the commander. So Pike's argument is something they're familiar with so they're more likely to believe him right yeah because they're saying it's like what farmers do to their livestock and i think hannah's the one who says that and she would know because she's from farm station yeah but we're well, not pike, pike says it and then hannah says it's oh right, right, right before right. they get slaughtered oh right, right right yeah but like we're not saying that like it was only kane who got it like all of the ambassadors of the grounders yeah, got like, it you know it's not like it's just a kane thing because they own him or anything you know yeah it's like every person who is the leader of a, a group has it to symbolize that they are united together in this other group that protects their people it shows it shows that you're very serious about it i wonder if naya or like the sky crew or the not sky crew i wonder if the asgeta ambassador that that lexa kicked off the building at i think that they probably get it when they're like chosen when they're chosen or something because like it's a good way to make sure that you're serious about it. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're like just kind of doing it to like BS your way through whatever, yeah. you're not gonna get a brand about it, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. So they're like, we don't want to be grounders. And I'm like, you want to go to war when you're like one thirteenth of the population of Earth right now? <laughs> right. 
Like you're going against like a you're you're going against twelve thirteenths of the world right now. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Okay, y'all are stupid. <laughs> um. So they're like, Pike, you should be on the ballot. And then Bellamy starts the chant for Pike, and like I said, Monroe also joins in. So the next morning, Kane comes to collect all the prisoners and tells Pike that he has won the chancellorship. Abby isn't here. <laughs> I like I was at the time. I think me and like most of the other like Abby stands were pretty disappointed that she's not in this scene. But then we also like made up really great reasons for why she's not in this scene because like Abby, Kane's more in control of his emotions, I think sometimes than Abby is. So Abby would have been very like, emotionally like volatile in this scene and she would have like probably slapped Pike in the face. And when, then she would in, be in prison. And then she would get <laughs> locked yeah. up. Um, So he says that the vote was not close. So Pike won by like a landslide and he's like, okay, well take it seriously, I guess. And he's like, okay, I will. My first action is pardoning everyone. And now my next action is rejecting being the 13th clan. So that brand that probably really hurt, <laughs> it means nothing. And then he's like, bye, we're going to go kill people. And now Kane's just like, everybody. Kane's just like all around me are familiar faces. So then Kane tells Bellamy to choose the right side. And Bellamy's like, I already did. And I'm like, no, you really know. didn't. And you're going to realize that in about three episodes when you're like, <laughs> yeah, Bellamy, I, I, I don't, I understand being like, yes, this is the side that I want to be on because I want revenge. Mm-hmm. But calling it the right side, like yeah. he says the right side, right? Like that's the word he used. Uh-huh. The right side is going off and slaughtering people. Not really sure how that works out for you. Yeah. This, that's the episode. So now it's time for segments. Our first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch or our favorite line award. Uh, my favorite line award goes to Lexa for... The queen is dead. Long live the king. I love how she says it, too. It's so good. Yeah, I wrote that one down, too. Like, that was chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. And my favorite line word also goes to Lexa for, I'm the commander, no one fights for me. I like it. uh, Not a throw-down gun eye. My segment is, what is Sam shipping the most? Uh, obviously, Kane and Abby. Come on. Like, Clex is there, too, and that's great. And I care about them. But that, that, yeah. Like, the last scene for Clexa and the last scene for Kane and Abby are both very, like, ah, good for me. Because I really, I think it might still be, I haven't looked at my own Tumblr on desktop in so long, but the moment when Abby, like, steps in front of Kane between, like, him and Pike is my, or was my sidebar gif for, Mm -hmm. like, ever on Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) My other segment is Robin's Murphy moment. Hello? I forgot he was gone for so long. Yeah. Like, I think it's actually only been, like, two episodes, but, it, like, it, like, it but feels, it feels like a, a long lot. time. Um, so, unfortunately, um, I, I've been able to think of things up until now, but uh, this episode I'd like to abstain because Bellamy <laughs> makes me really sad. Yeah. yeah. Bellamy's kind of depressing until 308. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, maybe write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, that would be really helpful. It helps people find us. Thanks for our lovely roommate, Brittany, for um, being so patient during uh, our podcast. I think she's probably asleep in the other room. Before taking bets, like, probably. Yeah, but but we still appreciate it. Yeah. Um, If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, We have an episode for, quite literally, every single episode of Riverdale. (laughs) It is 
currently in a uh, mid-season five hiatus. So um, even if you don't watch the show, uh, feel free to listen to the podcast. It's truly the most fun that we have on a podcast. It's very funny and we laugh a lot. Yeah. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, we have covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard and we just put out a Oakley episode about season three of Discovery and we have uh, more content in the future. Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show too. Um, we have done all of season one and all of season two. We are in the middle of season three, like quite literally right in the middle of season three. <laughs> we have guests over there. It's uh, spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end so you can listen as you watch if you like it's on disney plus now so you have no excuse (laughs) and um, it's our longest podcast and it's most in-depth so i i recommend it it's my baby i work really hard on that one (laughs) if you're a fan of stranger things it's one of my favorite podcasts to talk on we are currently covering season three and we've covered all of season one all of season two i I personally think that's our most underrated podcast because we have some of the best conversation over there and uh come talk to me about it (laughs) i have thoughts and they're really good you can follow the aficionados on twitter facebook tumblr instagram redbubble youtube pretty much everywhere but mostly on twitter and robin makes gifts of our favorite lines awards on tumblr so if you ever want a gif of something that we pick it's over there yeah and our patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados if you like what we do here please consider donating because yikes it's expensive earlier in the podcast we talked about more of our perks that we have now um if you are a two dollar and up patron um and you want to talk about this episode on our discord server feel free to do so i want to talk to you about it um and if you have any thoughts from listeners about it that's a really great place to put it to make sure that i see it so that i can talk about it in the next episode you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-e-f-f-r-u-i pretty much everywhere you can follow me on twitter at sam casey so just s-a-m-c-a-s-u-i-s and our next episode is episode 305 it's called Hakodama. Is it Hakodama or Hakeldama? I think it's Hakodama. <laughs> Probably is too. <laughs> Hakeldama. Hakeldama. Uh, it comes up to the public on July 21st, but it's going to be on Patreon on July 14th. So if you want it early, um, it's only $1 a month, and we really appreciate it. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.